0: Yo, and welcome to the 75th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clemente, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host, joining us for the first time in like over a year. You were on like episode 30 or something like that. It was a really long time something ago. Something like that, yeah. We have the one and only former Pokemon World Champion, Henry Brand.
1: Hello. Thanks for having
0: me on. Thanks for being um, here, Henry. Can you go ahead and I give us a little... Henry yeah, perfect. Brand. Yeah, background. Yeah,
1: yeah, Melo, come on! I already soft launched this when we weren't live, so
0: yeah, th- this is me throwing <laughs> um, right now. Henry is ready; he's good to go.
1: <laughs> as Melo said, he's correctly applied the former world champion title, which people have been still calling me world champion, and I've had to say, please, full title. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm a player from Australia. I've been playing since uh, 2013, on and off, but I've been taking it really seriously since 2019. Um, won a couple regionals top aided a whole bunch just kind of do my thing down here in uh the land of down under yeah
0: can we throw the flex out there of 2019 world champions started taking it seriously in 2019 <laughs> what what how how does that transition happen i mean we've already kind of talked about your background on the other pod but like how are you mm. like oh i'm gonna try now oh i'm world champion how is it that <laughs> easy um
1: i mean I'd, I'd always like tried right the, like i just been in terms of playing really competitively properly um and i i'd never played a full season and so it was halfway through the season in 2019 <laughs> and i went to ocic for my first event because a bunch of friends i've told the story a hundred times but my friends were all like come to ocic you know you've got to play and i was like sure no worries and so i, I went and i day twoed, and then i top aided um And then I was like, oh, I've got an invite now, because in Australia, you need 250 points. So I top-aided and got an invite in like the span of 24 hours. And I was like, sick. And I'd got an invite before, but I hadn't been in Masters. And
2: Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'll go
1: to the next uh, event. So I went to a regionals and I won the regionals. Um, And then I just kind of kept going. And I day two from like half a season, which was super sick. And then I went to Worlds. And then, yeah, there you go.
0: Bro, the flex. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, So we have a very special episode for you today. We asked Henry on because there are regionals happening in every part of the world except Oceania right now. That's not even entirely true. I guess Singapore had their own regional as well. (laughs) They uh, did. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what's going on down under in Australia. If you notice the accent, Henry is an australian player yeah. talk about that a little bit and then we're going to talk mostly about lost origin our testing and then some questions from twitch chat twitch chat we are live right now on twitch.tv slash mellow underscore has asked some very good questions i'm proud of you twitch chat normally you ask the worst questions in the world so we're going to let that kind of guide quite a bit of this discussion into lost origin the good decks the bad decks and we're going to really pick henry's brain because i'm good he is great And so anytime I get to ask someone who is a little better than me, I want to ask them all the questions in the world. But first and foremost, so I've been told, so there's a regional this weekend. I was like, I need a guest. Everyone's in Baltimore or Bilbao or I forget the name of the one That's why I've been
1: invited to a chat. That's why. That's
0: exactly why. I was like, oh, what other region is left? And then someone's like, Australia still exists, right? And I was like, I think so.
1: <laughs> we haven't sunk yet,
0: <laughs> but like, does Australia exist? TPCI has given you zero regionals. Is it this like still a country? Is a Pokemon down there? Are you the only Pokemon player left?
1: No, actually, it's quite the opposite. Honestly, um, well, yeah, there's there's a lot to cover on the Australia topic. Basically, we have no regionals, and this isn't entirely new. So, Australia has a very interesting history in terms of the scene, but before the modern era. We would have a off season from the end of Worlds all the way until the start of January, and when I mean that, I mean no league challenges, I mean no like battle roads, really, like nothing like that, no cities uh, until January. This is all the way back in the day, like 2014, 2015,
2: <laughs> which is ridiculous.
1: Um, you know, we didn't really have that much of a like local scene, and we did, but even then, even with attendance, it was just not very alive. Um, then it's been really good the last few years. And we would have a special event in every September um, at like a big esports event in Melbourne. But this year they didn't have that. And I think it's largely due to the, probably our events company, ESL. I think they're mm-hmm. not doing a terribly great job. Could be wrong. I could be throwing unnecessary blame <laughs> on them. But given that um, Pokemon seems to be organizing everything for every other region, then and they, they stay contract, right? So they sublet all their events to everything. And the contractors are responsible for the regionals and they seem to have not organized any yet um i would expect one in december mm-hmm. um but it's i mean it's there's a whole so there's that so we'll, we'll start with that and then uh, you mentioned to me earlier and then we've got the whole top four thing yeah um
0: so for those who don't know is- they released the day to invite stuff just got a quick background e. na still 16 eu still 22 latam got extras they used to be top eight and now they're 12 i believe i don't know Correct. if you know for sure you, Oceania, currently has four for day two invites. Yeah. So, okay, go for it.
1: Yeah, so, okay. It's very difficult because last season we had top eight um, because at the start of the season, it was with, we had um, all of Asia, well, a lot of Asia in mm-hmm. our region. Um, and so, for example, we had maybe three Asian players in the 19th, 18 to 19 season in top eight. Um whereas this time it was all Australians because Asia split from our like region in COVID. But the problem with this is that I don't know if you guys know, but there's a fair few good Australian players.
2: <laughs> we we have
1: picture it. more couple. than four. <laughs> yeah. There's more than four. And the problem is they say they want the best players in the region to represent the country well, yeah, your thing in day two which is totally fine. But the problem arises that it shouldn't really be the best. It should be trying to achieve some kind of caliber. And this kind of change the top four almost makes it look like they're just not looking at the circuit at all. Like they're only looking at numbers. They're only looking at quantitative data and nothing qualitative. Mm -hmm. So they look at the number of countries in each region and that's it basically. And this causes a ton of problems because we have kind of not that many events as well. And as a result of not having a ton of regionals, the emphasis on going to international championships is incredibly emphasized. So if you go to, let's say this, right? We have four, we'll have, I would assume, four regionals in Australia. That's generous in Oceania. Four, maybe three in a special. And so that's 800 points if you win all of them.
0: (laughs) And of course, one person wins all of them.
1: Yeah, so let's just think about that. But then if you go to uh, all four ICs and you top, I don't know what the numbers are anymore, I've forgotten, but let's say top 64 and you get uh, 130 points and you Mm -hmm. get four of them, you do that four times, um, you've got, what? what's that, like um, 520 points? Yeah, you have 520 points, which is like, you could top eight every regional and have less than you can from going to four ICs, which means... If you do that and match someone else and they've had the money or the, you know, whatever, time time's the big one yes. um, to go to the ice all the ICs, then it's a big deal. And I know this is a problem that the America has faced for a long time, but the thing is that a four is a much smaller number than 16 when it comes to player caliber.
0: Yo, the math checks on.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You are the science teacher, so there you go. <laughs> um, and it's really problematic because what are you meant to do? Like you can't in the past you would have, you know, similar caliber caliber players all kind of day two. And the big problem that I'm facing at the moment, um, which I'm pretty candid to talk about is that Mm -hmm. I don't know how to approach this season when it comes to testing. I have no idea because when it's top eight, you work with a couple of people. That's totally fine. As long as you all do well, right? Because if you all do continually well, you're going to make top eight. But now if you're taking this really seriously and you want to get that day two invite. you kind of want your other people to do directly bad. You don't want to do better than them. You want them to not perform, like, to get top four because it's so cutthroat. Mm -hmm. If you look at the, like, and especially for me, I've kind of skipped a whole bunch of events for the last two seasons and and been day two. And obviously, it might sound a little bit unfair to be able to do that from another region. I think that obviously it is, but the amount of commitment is definitely a new thing for us But really the politics is what concerns me because, you know, like you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to not work with your friends
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and like not have to give up, you know, you shouldn't have to pick essentially. Um, But it's a, it's a big problem. And I don't know how to approach that. I might just throw caution to the wind and say, oh, you know, if I get it, I get it. I'm not going to be overly competitive about it. But at the same time, like four slots for day two is a problem. I don't know. I don't know what four people in day two would really change um, if they just did the same thing this year where they gave four non-paid day twos. So they didn't spend the money. They just allocated four more people to the second day. Um, I don't know your thoughts on that, but that's what I, where I'd be at.
0: No, I think that's an incredibly good argument. Something that I didn't think of as someone from the outside, right? Because I'm never mm. going to go for the day two invite because in NA, it's incredibly expensive. It's Although, yeah. okay, before I even go off of that, it's got to be expensive in Australia too, right? Because you flying to anything outside has to be incredibly expensive. Because everyone in the NA is like, I'm going to go to every IC except OCIC because that's a little too much money. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's yeah, already it's, a barrier. It's,
1: not, it's impossible, really. It's, it is impossible to go to an IC unless you have um, a travel award. A mm-hmm. snipe end barely covers a third of it. The one thousand dollars barely covers a third. My trip to Brazil, which I've now booked, is going to cost pretty much inclusive of the entire travel award of three and a half US grant uh, three and a half thousand US dollars.
2: Jeez. Obviously the
1: tax. But the flights are twenty seven hundred AUD, which if you convert really quick, um
0: And as 100...
1: thirty four hours, just put in thirty four <laughs> hours. Thirty four hours I've got a f- 14-hour flight to Doha and then a 14-hour flight to Sao Paulo and it's 1800 US dollars.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I don't know if you guys know, but from London, um, the the middle of the US and Sao Paulo, Melbourne, my city, is equidistant from all three as in like, it's the same, well, that's not the right thing, but it's equal distance from every single place. It's the same travel duration to all three ICs. And everyone's like, oh, you know, OCIC is terrible, it's so expensive. Well, <laughs> that
0: world. <laughs> so that's there, there's a lot there. Uh first off, if anyone's like, oh, Henry, you can do some of these tricks for cheaper flights, you can't. If you're doing 34 hours into an IC that starts on Thursday, I assume you're already doing the leave on a Monday or Tuesday thing and all that other stuff. Like you're flying probably the cheapest. You're not going there business class, I assume. Like, yeah. It is it's a lot. I didn't know the equidistant. That's a a fun fact. And B. Yeah. Sounds miserable.
1: Yeah, it's it's grim.
0: <laughs> See, the point that I was going to get to before I wanted to talk about the financial part is there's this idea from this is the outside perspective and you probably already know this that Australia's like group of players is like oh as a whole at OCIC you'll have slightly weaker players except The brain trust of Australia is terrifying. And when I say the brain trust, that is... I mean, we could just look at the worlds, right? We had two Australians in the top nine. That is from a fairly small player base. You know, eight people in day two, which is the smallest of any region. And that's not even counting former world champion from Australia. That's not even counting people like Brent, who has gotten... I have to shout out to Brent Tonneson, right? The fact that he has gotten 20... Travel awards in a row, or something ridiculous like that, like every single one ever. Something like, like yeah. it's not even counting Natalie, who is an amazing player in her own right. And that's not even counting other people that we're probably missing on top of that. Or the fact that Kaiwin has top cut two worlds in a row. Like, the top echelon of player in Australia is incredibly good. And if it's only top four, that ability to work together with all these other great top players that every one of us would love to work with is gone and that's something i never thought of is the australian brain trust could end up like breaking up which is incredibly unfortunate or great you know if i'm going to ocic i'd rather you all don't work together (laughs) please (laughs) but i could see where that's like suddenly you have to say no to your friends potentially and that just sounds so terrible and definitely something that they did not think of at a
1: yeah it's it's silly. Um, it's, it's the caliber thing. We've talked about this before, but people say, oh, it's such a small region. But when it's such a small region and you have incredibly top players, you're forced to sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if you don't adapt and improve yourself, then you're not going to go anywhere because the chances of hitting these people are too high. Um, but, that's... you know, that's, that's okay. Um, there's a whole lot to talk about, about, it, about it, but, you know, at the end of the day, we've kind of got to deal with it now. Um, so, you do.
0: I mean, you got to put it out there, though. The podcast is notorious for getting change done in the community. Whether it's coincidental or not is up for interpretation, (laughs) but we're going to take credit for all of those changes. They announced locals the week after the podcast. They got this other, they're going to announce Australian regionals. And who knows? There's a world where they increase the travel awards, right? Pre LAIC?
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe. Um, (laughs) You're you're not holding a breath. Honestly. I don't mind the travel awards. It's the day two. I think the day two should be a competition illustrative of like regional quality. Mm-hmm. And when you only have four players from your region, that's not very indicative of quality, um, especially given the track record that everyone's had um, from Australia. So, you know, but I will do want to touch on before we wrap up on the Australian scene, please. Um, I will say the city that I live in Melbourne, which is the best city in Australia. It's indisputable, but um, Don't go go to Sydney. Um, (laughs) uh, That's why they hold the IC here. Uh, But anyway. That makes sense. Our player base has absolutely skyrocketed in the last, maybe since the pandemic, um, middle of it to now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people picked it up during the pandemic, and recently attendance has been wild. So this is coming from a place that for years, I'm talking maybe between 2016 to 2019, we did not have locals. We had events, we had cups, we had challenges, but no one would go to locals.
0: Really. All. So like a local league, if it was yep. even held, you'd be like the only person there. If you were. Yeah,
1: or they'd be really like brand new or really casual. Okay. Um, for example. And so like or you'd have maybe 10 people, but none of them would really like have meta decks or anything. Like it would be very casual.
0: It's one of the ones where like um, you go there and everyone wants to trade and you kind of play in between the trading. Which is a valid way to enjoy the right. game, but Not what a competitive player wants to go to.
1: No. Uh, But now, every Wednesday night, there's a a league that is conveniently 15 minutes walking distance from my house. (laughs) So we're going to go with that. 30 people. Um, Every Friday night, there's another one that gets between. And there's way more than this. I'm just listing the ones that are within like a five mile radius of me. But Mm -hmm. um, there's another league, 15 average people every time, 30 on a Wednesday night. And then I actually run. A league type thing on saturdays uh, at this one of the stores and we get about 15 20 people to that um and it's a lot of kids there and i kind of teach people and, and do all that uh and then we've got winner boxes now which we never had nice. either and the first time in the, i think it's in a in a month we're gonna have a, the first ever winner case in the continent of australia
0: that's exciting um, that's like a big like you need big numbers for a store to do that so that's a huge deal
1: you do, but at the same time, um, what's impressive is that the a lot of the stores here are really just trying to push it, and so I think they're planning this entire event breaking even. Um, that's really store. good to
0: hear. I love that so much. So
1: we're t- we're t- eyeing up fifty-two people. Um, that's I think how many people they've put, uh, and then they're giving away two cases worth of prizing.
0: She so it's not even like a win a case. It's like you win a case and other people win more. Yeah. That's some good stuff. It's, so it's crazy. Any Australian yeah. listeners, make your way out. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but that's amazing to hear. I'm so glad that the yeah. game is growing in Australia because the game should grow everywhere. But it's so nice oh, yeah. to hear. So, mm. is Pokemon going to surpass Magic and Yu Gi Oh in
2: sure.
0: Australia? Okay, let's go. Always good. I don't know. It,
1: I, magic is huge. Yu Gi Oh has been dead. In the water for a while um also good to hear <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully it does yeah i mean I, th- I think we'll probably hit 300 if we get a big enough regional like cap especially for melbourne or something because we hit 220 when it capped mm-hmm. for the last one it capped at 220 and there were tons of people who still wanted to go that was um
0: that was yeah. the stupid one because then you don't make it a day two you need to like what eight more people or something
1: <laughs> yeah something like that
0: Okay, but that's good. So you're going to get the large regionals. I 300 is large. I don't care where you're that's at. That's my bet. 300 is that's large.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. Even 200 was huge for us. So it's pretty uh, cool to see.
0: All right. Put your reputation on the line. How many regionals uh, are you expecting, including SPEs? SPEs or regionals for Australia by the end of the season? Are you going to get to that four number? Or is... Ooh.
1: Um... Okay, so if we go off previous things,
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the typical season has looked like this. Um, It's been Melbourne SPE, which we haven't had, so we're lacking that. Mm -hmm. Then we would have uh, Brisbane Regionals in December. We would have Perth in March, Sydney in May, and then a New Zealand special event. Um, So we're short one event, but we also did have, um, we had three Regionals this year in the span of, Four months or three months, four months maybe. Yeah. So we can hope that we would get four regionals and an SPE. I think our player base is large enough now, Mm -hmm. but that's up to Pokemon to allocate. Really, I think at the very least we should have two special events if they're not willing to give us that fourth regionals based on finance, financials. But we'll see. Fingers crossed.
0: Last, last thing on everything going on here. But post-pandemic, you had the first tournaments when the new set was legal. Are you in favor of that again? If they come out with the Scarlet Violet stuff and you are the very first with Scarlet Violet base and whatever that second set is, do you want that? Or do you enjoy regionals that are more like a couple weeks in or even the end of a format?
1: Um, I, with my entire soul, despise uh, events at the very end of the format. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Why? Why? my entire being because it's like everything's done you know what i mean everything's been found um
0: has it do you it, not remember the t- tina chomp discovery at the end of that the- was
1: not at the end of the format that was not at the end of the format it was
0: the end of the format for everywhere else in the world
1: <laughs> that was that was not at the end of the format it was like halfway through but also was Gustavo it played it at, at laic yeah yeah, yeah for sure oh, okay i thought it was at the first month no
0: Oh, that was, I could have sworn that took a while. Maybe I'm wrong. I had correction. Me being wrong sounds correct. I played Mewtwo that whole format incredibly happily.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I, so I, yeah, I don't like it because basically, and this is what happened at Worlds, and Palky was so clear in a way, the best deck in format, mm-hmm. which is quite good for a regionals, honestly. It's good to have a clear BDIF for a regionals, especially around like the middle, because you can play it comfortably. You can say, all right, I'm going to play really well. It's a skill based deck. A lot of my matchups are 50-50, so I'm going to be able to play really well and, and do quite well comfortably. For Worlds, everyone is that good. And so you're just like you and 60 other people are playing Palkia and four of you are going to top eight. And it yep. will be any four of you at random, like give or take 5%. Like at most, you maybe have a 5 or 10% chance on someone else because you're in day two. So that's why I don't like that. Um, I, like the, I like the formats being that early. I usually like the formats being, like, a couple weeks after,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, like, you know, two weeks after the set came out, maybe give it one event, let things stabilize a little bit, and then check everything. Um, but it's not too bad, because what you do is you just play the BDIF. Um, <laughs> I-, I say that, but you just pretty pretty much, within reason, play the BDIF and then, um, or something that beats it uh, comfortably, and you just play that, and then... Your list should be better optimized than we hope than everyone else's for, the, for that deck. So you have an advantage there. Everyone else is going to have less practice on it. Mm-hmm. And so the more practice you do, the better. Uh, and so it's like much higher returns on your effort um, that early
0: on. Do you think online events are changing the speed of optimization? Because you said hopefully you would have you know, a more optimized deck more quickly. And before online events were happening the day of release... Yeah, Mm -hmm. you would face a bunch of really poorly built decks at those first two tournaments or whatever. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's changing? Or do you think that we're still in that situation where you're going to have a more optimized list than the average person sitting across from you?
1: I think you still will. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if a lot of similar lists do well in online tournaments. It almost gives a level of conformity that wasn't ever there at the beginning of the format, which you can take advantage of. So if you know how loosely decks are structured, you can yeah you can build yours accordingly to that. Um, but also people will probably even net deck more than they used to in the sense that if they see an online deck list, mm-hmm. they'll think it's pretty good. And then it, like I said, will lead to more conformity and people might try less things. So they might actually, in the end, play maybe a, a worse deck than they could have if they put more effort in themselves. Um, I think it's... There's pros and cons to it. Like, obviously people discover things, but at the end of the day, no one really, maybe 1% of the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't, I don't know how this, this sounds, but basically the people who are good enough to um, like build something ridiculous or build a really, really good deck or come up with a new archetype um, will probably be saving it for an event. And so I wouldn't expect them to just drop it at an online tournament before we've had any tournaments.
0: So to go off of that, to get into our actual Lost Origins, we've been talking for a while about things that hopefully people didn't skip over because I've got timestamps in the description because there was a ton of good content (laughs) all throughout that. But uh, what was the first thing you started to test? You said, okay, the BDIF, I'm going to not net deck. So are you looking at Japanese results? Are you looking at online results? Are you purely building from scratch based off what you think? What is the thing you looked at from Lost Origin? The new thing Mm -hmm. from Lost Origin, you're like, this is where I'm starting and how did you actually start with it?
1: Um, I think my thing of, of not net deck is not correct. Is that's not exactly what I said. It's more just like, you know, you, um, I'm not saying not to look at lists or not to use them or not to take inspiration or try them. It's more just um, people might see a list and then not try and deviate from it at all. Gotcha. Um, so when it comes to what I've been testing, the first thing that I started with is obviously the new stuff because it's shiny and it's, fresh and it's not boring and it's not gonna give me brain worms to play palkia for like the seven thousandth time so
0: not yet at um least.
1: <laughs> not yet yeah i g- I'm starting to get back on the Palkia turn, so <laughs> but we'll touch we'll touch on that. Um I, I started with Giratina um because Giratina is the new thing but also the whole Lost Zone engine mm-hmm. is crazy. Yes um, I love it. No other way to put it it's crazy. And whether it's, like, immediately better than everything else that exists, we have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. But it is so, so, so cool. And it promotes not only interesting deck building, but really interesting gameplay. Because you are forced to make bad decisions. <laughs> um, resource management has, for, like, the last six months, been borderline non-existent.
0: Oh, God, when you can uh, because... shady dealings for everything?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And whilst it feels nice to be able to get whatever you want, um, it actually takes away a large, large skill in the game of resource management. Mm-hmm. And so knowing, like, how many things to blow, what to discard an Ultra Ball and Quick Ball, like, do I research, do I not, do I... You know, all of this stuff. Whilst, you know, obviously research is, has an element of volatility to it too, yeah. resource management is a big deal, and it that's what makes the matchups change every time because the resource counts and discard piles and loss zones and everything change. And so... Rather than playing on script every single time, like you do with your intelli matchups, like oh well, they didn't break at the very start of the game, so now it's like just going to go like this, and then I'm going to play Roxanne, and then if they draw an incense, they win. Um, and that, that's a good like,
0: way to describe the Palkia mirror.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. You know what I mean? It's it's really those matchups are great until they get solved, and until everyone is playing at the same level, and then there's such little minutia that it's only like foresight and planning that are the skills mm-hmm. and played enough to know what those then you just wrote learn them and that's fine but resource management and probabilities and um sequencing are the minutia that you have to grind over a long time to get the skills um and they're not something that you get right every time and they're the type of things where you look back and you're like oh should i have done that or did i lose because i did this Or i think that was right and those are the decisions that are really cool. Whereas with Teleon, you're like, oh yeah, no, I did that right. Because like,
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I knew exactly what I needed and I got it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is kind of cool for deck building, but at the same time, in terms of the games, you get some super cool things from, from Lost Origin and having to change your, like, the Lost Zone and having to change your game plans because that is big. Um, so I've been playing Giratina a lot. Mm-hmm. I've actually, which is convenient for the, the testing, <laughs> is that I've been going to locals. Let's go so I go to, I go to locals because it's close to my house and it's been really fun. And so just a, a quick tangent, but uh since I essentially bombed at Worlds, um I you did better <laughs> I, than played me. Pal here. I played Palkia I played Palkia and just did do, do, do too great, like just um but ever since and now that I had the title for three years <laughs> and so it was like weird, right? It was so weird because like everything was such like you know I don't know, expectations, and you know, mm-hmm. oh, if you didn't do well, like, why not? Like, all of this. And it's like, well, you know, everyone has bad days. And now it's like, well, before
0: you do that, yeah. everyone who is listening to this, please like rewind the podcast app or the YouTube video and re listen to that statement again. <laughs> because you will be down on yourself at some tournament in the future, and you need to hear one of the best players in the game mention. Everyone has bad days or bad tournaments. So, okay, go for it, Henry. <laughs> yeah,
1: just to, just to cap that off, to emphasize your point, um, my best story to describe that is that there was the North American International Championships in 2019. Um, I came up with the whole Stinger GX thing with our group, and I thought it was the sickest thing ever. I played it with Stefan. <laughs> I did not get points. Stefan won the event. <laughs> and I- It just, you know, I'm out of it. I didn't make any mistakes all day. Just happens. You just have bad days. Doesn't mean your deck was bad. Doesn't mean your choice was bad. Just happens.
0: Variance exists in the game.
1: (laughs) Chin up. Yeah. Um, So back to Lost Origin. So I've played Giratina, various different lists of it for the last few weeks at Locals. Mm -hmm. And it's felt really good. Um, I've... Tested a bunch against myself as well, thanks to Philip uh, Robin's amazing um, tabletop app.
0: Which it's so good.
1: It's all I did anyway, so now I just don't have to manually like deal everything out to play against myself. So
0: all Right. No that's cutting fantastic. out proxies, none of this. Double monitor yeah. and you're good to go.
1: Um Yeah, I mean it's it's great. So that's what the double monitors, two games there. <laughs> so I played a lot of games of Palkia against Giratina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was winning a lot with Giratina
0: the important question um, that every viewer is going to want to know yeah. did the Palkia play one two or three Empoleons
1: <laughs> okay so this is at the very beginning before I'm going to bother with uh, Empoleon nonsense I played zero good choice okay I played zero which I think is probably correct because I think that the matchup is not that bad for either side but it's um, probably a, a pretty nice 50 50 and there's things you can do to improve either side okay um
0: three empoleons
1: empoleon frustrates me (laughs) hello empoleon frustrates me
0: it's existence Um, or how bad it is and how how bad
1: it is but then how if i play against it it's gonna be annoying (laughs) like i don't know it's it's frustrating because you kind of want to play rope to deal with it in the lost zone decks Mm -hmm. But in something like, and the rope is totally fine in the single prize one. But again, but in Tina, I've been finding a lot of times where I wish, like, this rope is terrible in the mid to late game, and I need it to be a switch. It has to be. Um, But it's not. And as a result, I, like, can't get to 10, and I can't V-Star my opponent's active and Roxanne. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Roxanne's the best card in Tina, by the way, just as an aside.
0: I've been playing Wada's List, as a quick aside, without a Roxanne in it, and it's been going very well because the deck is nuts sableye greninja like everything's just good in it but watching the japanese league right before this go watch my twitch vods anyone who wants to watch me comment over it we watched a lost zone mirror match where they both roxanne plus sableye plus zigzagoon the comfies and it was so gross it was like oh you never win now but they drew a way to get the roxanne off of the roxanne and roxanne them and pulled off the same it was the card's nuts i agree completely
1: (laughs) It's so cool. Um, yeah, you guys are lucky, fellow. This is a brilliant time to get me on because Australia has no regionals. The IC is um, in like the next format, so I can say whatever I want.
0: That's for full <laughs> leaks. Let's go.
1: I can like probably full leak. Um, so I think if you're playing Giratina without Thornton, I think you're trolling.
0: Hundred oh, percent. That card's so nuts.
1: Um, it's way, way, way too good. Um, the f- the things that you can do with it is like just ridiculous. So you can force all of these plays. I like. Yeah, I you can power up your Luminion and then just thought in it. Like you can Greninja again, it's just an extra copy of all of your attackers. Yeah. Um like you're still Cramorant and stuff, like you can just turn it. you can go like comfy and, and then turn it into Cramorant. Um just to, like gain loss zone cards. You obviously you pull the Tainer out of nowhere, which is insane. Um and like it's so
0: good. It's, it it makes these awkward yeah. Mirage Gates where you're like, I have it. And I feel like I need to do it because my opponent's going to body me next turn. You know, something like that. Like, I have to play around a Roxanne. I have to do this thing. I have to thin the deck. I'm just going to shove some energy somewhere. And then you can Thornton it later. They can go the quick ball for Luminion for Thornton. Do the thing you Mirage gate and boom, I just Greninja it again or whatever. Yeah, it's It's cool. It's so good. I'm 100%. Again, I've been playing Wada's List with the Thornton. Yeah, always going to play that card in the deck.
1: Oh, it's so so good and it solves the problem of playing extra copies of things as well and having to rod and quick pull for it um i'm i started without vip i started with four capture mm-hmm. um, it's good but there's some issues with capture in the mid game um as search, my original thought was that i didn't like vip because i wanted the deck the deck is toolbox the deck yes. is not turbo giratina it's not spam giratina so the problem was That's, that I, I, I... As a
0: quick aside, anyone who's listened to this saying is not good, you either been playing the deck wrong or playing the wrong build for the exact reason Henry just said. It's a Giratina deck, but it's a Cramorant, Sableye, Greninja Tina Snorlax. deck. You play the Snorlax? Okay, we'll get to the Snorlax. <laughs> anyway, keep going.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, so I started without VIP because I wanted to be able to find the Pokemon throughout the game and not be railroaded into something early. Mm-hmm. Um and forced to use an attacker. So, basically, that's why I didn't like VIP. But, that being said, the Lost Zone engine mitigates a lot of the downsides of the VIP pass. Um, People, it's weird. People think that, you know, you can just Lost Zone if you find it, totally fine. Which you can. <laughs> True. But at the same time, it's still not a live card.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Regardless of whether you can get rid of it or not, it's still not a live search out in that mid game that you're not finding off call yeah. So that's a little bit of like cognitive bias of like the, the decision's so easy. This deck's easier to play now because I don't have to make a choice. I can just bin the VIP. No, like it's not an actually live serve out search out towards the mid to late game. Yeah. So that, the argument that, that you get is
0: like, about. Oh, VIP pass makes the decision easier. Cause you know what to loss. So you're like, but what if this was a good card <laughs> that I actually wanted instead of something that I know I can get rid of.
1: Yeah. Like it's still reducing your cards and your call by one. Yeah, um, or one or two or whatever. How many you hit? Um, so I am playing VIP pass now because I think it's again too broken. This is something I learned at Worlds was that, unfortunately, <laughs> regardless of if it's the right way to play Pokemon or whether you like it or not, it is statistically too powerful, um, to not play the card because you need to play yourself into powerful positions at the moment so you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you want to play well from a powerful position not have to play well from a weak position and if you do play well from a weak position well you know you're just gonna to have to do it with four dead cards in your deck <laughs> um unfortunately and i think it is silly and i think it's poor game design but sometimes you have to accept the state of the game and that's that it's pretty damn good so so sort of i got- think that four vip is pretty good in the tina deck
0: To go off of that, something I agree with completely, I want to cut it because I'm like so often I will comfy into it on turn one and I'm like, I don't need a full bench. But that wants to bring me to the question of you play for VIP pass, you need a strong board. How often are you actually filling your bench? Like ignore the Palkia matchup where obviously you have to play around stuff with your Tina or whatever. How often are you actually like, I'm going to have three comb fees and a Cramorant and a Greninja versus keeping, like, you don't need much? Like, where's that kind of board state looking like with this deck? Besides, it depends. Don't um, say it depends.
1: I will not know. So with the, with the Tina deck, since I want to save my quickballs a lot, because in a lot of matchups, I want to bench double Tina. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll want to quickball for Tina, quickball it away, Thornton, right? Yeah. I'm trying to get the most value out of the VIP passes early. And so I do kind of want to fill my bench so that the cards are in my hand or on the board. Um, and especially mm-hmm. thinning the deck is quite good as well. Okay. So, so I've I will miss playing. Sick. I'm <laughs> <Why laughs> I asked. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but it, like you said, it does depend because in the mirror, for example, you don't want to have too many comfy out. It's just like you're playing against power Kid, Cause you don't want to get injured, You don't want to get say blind,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, whole bunch of things, whole bunch of things like that. And, Whilst, yeah, I mean, you do tend to go wide in most matchups, but you could also just, like, let's say you have two scoop up net in hand, right? Mm -hmm. And you can just go comfy, comfy, whatever. It's totally fine to just VIP for three, like, comfy, and then just pick them all up and keep them in your hand with the nets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to just recycle the same ones and keep the others in your deck um, for the lost zone decisions, I guess. But, you, yeah, so I would just go like that
0: um That makes sense. So the VIP pass is also partially a deck thing where even if you don't need stuff on the bench, you're like, "Well, let's get this thing out of the deck and put it somewhere."
1: Yeah, as long as you can afford the bench space and stuff. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah.
0: Can we mention the Snorlax real quick? Because the Sableye, duh, sure. Greninja, duh, Giratina, duh, like all the cards make a ton of sense. The Snorlax, the thing that showed up in like every Japanese list, everyone immediately wants to cut it. Why do you run the new Snorlax?
1: Um, one ten plus one ten is not two eighty.
0: One ten plus one eighty is two ninety. Ah, <laughs> so Cramrat so plus Snorlax is better than Cramrat plus Cramrat.
1: Pretty much. That's and also the other thing is you can't get over things like Greninja. Um, mm-hmm. you kind of struggle to get over Reggie's. And so the Snorlax plus the thought means that if you take that early lead against Reggie's with your shred Tina and they can't get over it, mm-hmm. um, you can then just continue to, I guess, snowball it with the Snorlax. axe. Um,
0: do you ever want to play a lost city just to really beat Reggie's, or is that too greedy? Lost beating city Reggie's is not beat Reggie's
1: fun. as much as people think. Have you? But not a one. Not at one. Oh
0: no! Yeah, you definitely need two of them.
1: But even if you play two, they can play around it. Um, it's not obviously it's annoying for them. But like, they can just not. They can just. It's weird. You have to obviously draw it, and it is difficult for them. Mm-hmm. But they can just net the Reggie that you've lost. So
0: I'm into this idea of Reggie's beating Lost City. But like, like my joke I'm answer not turns into, into a reliable, real answer. <laughs>
1: but yeah, because they can just. Okay, you you lost on their Reggie Lucky. It's annoying when it's their useful attacker for the matchup. But when it's Tina and Tina doesn't have a weakness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: um, it doesn't matter too much. So you lost on their Reggie Lucky, for example. They'll put it down. Ancient wisdom, net it back up to their hand. What do you do? Cry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, that checks out.
1: So it's it's got to be a triple copy, basically. Okay, so like you- to, to properly auto win two makes it annoying, but the fact that two doesn't auto 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 win Reggie's yeah means that I would rather just take the. Like, look, okay, look. It's you're favorable with the double loss city for sure because your matchups, let's say with Tina, are already even with Reggie's. Mm-hmm. Right? So obviously, throwing more things at them is going to be annoying. Um, but like, you don't really need to. Um, because I'd rather just take the fifty-fifty unless I'm going for a proper auto win. Yeah. At this point, especially when it's Reggie's, like you can beat them.
0: Speaking of that, we got a question in chat right now that works perfectly with this. You already play water energies and Tina. Ice Q and auto win against Reggie's.
1: Uh they'll Thornton into evil Tile and knock your Ice Q out.
0: You're pro Thornton in Reggie's.
1: I mean, people are playing it, so pe- oh, when people okay, are playing true. it in Reggie's, I'm not going to play Ice Q because people are playing it.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether so. whether something is right or not is irrelevant because it is there. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to worry <laughs> about it. <laughs>
1: If no one was playing Thornton, then yeah. But also, you get you have like a Venn diagram of like um, people who play Reggie's and people who play Thornton and Reggie's and then like, it's pretty, you know, there's like a big overlap in the middle of like, yeah. you're, the people who are playing Reggie's probably want to play for fun and then, like, not, not always, right? Because no, the deck is pretty reasonable. I mean, even if but you're competitive, a large amount,
0: it is still fun. Yeah.
1: Correct. <laughs> And so a large amount would be like, hell yeah, like I'm playing Reggie's, like, let's just send it. Let's play Thornton. Let's go nuts. Like, let's amazing destruction some people. So,
0: I mean, that is something too. You've all met highly competitive people who are like, I need something spicy in my list. That is my most hated word. Anytime (laughs) I'm trying to deck build with someone. Yeah, no, it's good or not. I don't, spicy is not a real thing, but anyway, you will always meet very good (laughs) players who will use that term. That is the card that is spicy. I'm
1: gonna have a rant actually, Please. briefly. Um rogue deck. <laughs> what is a rogue deck? There's no I've... Your your Dino Magikarp deck, sorry to I just wow. got, like cued by the Magikarps, oh it's not gosh. a rogue deck. It's not a rogue deck. <laughs> this it's the weirdest term. It's like there's no such thing as a rogue deck. Is... It either is good and it hasn't been played, or it's been played and it's bad, and then it's a bad deck. It's not a, it's not a rogue deck because no one plays it. It's a, it no one plays it because it's a bad deck.
0: Like, uh So it's either a secret good deck or just a bad deck. That's not correct. I, I don't disagree with that. To go off the spicy good or bad rogue yeah. is okay. Yeah. But you're gonna you're gonna anger a lot of people with that one. Just so
1: ah, they can deal with it.
0: Send the hate DMs to Ben who's
1: played plenty of rogue decks. <laughs> um
0: Shout out to you know, Ultimate view 2 Yeah, that's the that, one. That was ooh, that deck was fun, which very quickly became <laughs> not rogue. But
1: oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. So there's no. That's a perfect example that there's no such thing. So yeah.
0: But let's go back to Tina real quick. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Tina. Unfortunately, I was unaware that you are also a huge Lost Zone toolbox Tina toolbox fanboy. Cause we can definitely yeah. just talk about that deck for like hours and I will be, oh, yeah. I will be happy personally. <laughs> Listeners will probably be happy too. So one yeah. of the biggest complaints that I hear about the deck constantly, and you might've heard it too, is it feels RNG based. Comfy, yeah. you have to loss own half the cards you see. Colrus, you loss own 40% of the cards you see. And there's no way to change what those cards are. There's no way to tutor out your mirage gates. You know, these types of things. There's no way to guarantee the order of energy you draw that you're going to have water energies in the deck. What do you say to someone who says there's too much RNG for this to be a good deck or a good engine?
2: Um, do you want
1: my fun answer, or do you want a, a long, complicated <laughs> one, or do you want both in that order?
0: It's up to you.
1: Okay. Fun answer, play better. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's almost always the answer, to be fair.
1: Um, I think that people have become... Too accustomed to everything they want happening, and the same game happening every single time.
0: Shout out to Intel um, and Greens to an yeah. extent.
1: Yeah, but Greens was more limited, right? Greens yes. was more. Limited. You
0: could, you couldn't green. You um, could greens for a supporter, but that was just bad.
1: Yeah. So, so in the Lost zone deck, you have to play according to what you get, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point. And you can line up towards certain things, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But you typically have fallbacks. Right, like you typically have secondary plans that you can do, um, and also, uh, you know, most people probably know this, but the correct sequencing for Lost Zone things is Concealed Cards, rest, then Comfy.
0: People don't know that, please elaborate. This has been, in, okay. in my Discord, this has been yes. a huge argument because I posed the question to people, and apparently no one had any idea, and I'm not even 100% sure, to be honest.
1: okay. This is the general purpose one. There's always like minutiae in each situation, but the general purpose is you want to have as much information before you make decisions as possible. Lost only cards is a decision. Therefore, I will concealed cards first to draw two. I've now seen two cards. I now have more information. Mm -hmm. I'll call rest because I'm seeing five instead of two. Uh, And this, by the way, this is with the caveat that you definitely will concealed cards and you definitely will call rest. That you're not competing for another supporter. That you're not trying to save energy. You know that you're going maximum correct odds and everything. Yes. Um, you will then call rest, and then you will comfy because you'll see five. You'll pick three to loss zone, get rid of two, and now you'll know how many cards, what you've lost zone. You'll know what you have in your hand. You know what you need, and then you'll be able to make the better decisions in
0: the long run. Is there ever a world? I'm trying to think of every, like, possible caveat to the situations. I've got a Comfy in the active with an air balloon on it. Do I ever mm-hmm. use that Comfy first? Because I know I can double Comfy. Or am I still going to grininja Chorus?
1: You would still do it the other way, because the decision... You're trying to make the correct decision, and you need as much information as you can to do that. It's like, you know... I, the, the analogy I use sometimes is like... Um, you know, what's, what's... You're getting, like, a... Random, um, was it? How do, how do I usually say this? I've lost it. But I don't know like you, you're going. Okay, you're getting a. You want to go to the supermarket, uh, but you're getting a delivery of random fruit soon. And so if you go and buy bananas, mm-hmm. you come back, you might have got bananas anyway. But if you wait for the fruit box, you'll see what you're missing, and then you go buy the rest. Uh, it's like you would never do that, right? Like if you had a, if you have a delivery coming, you uh, would go.
0: What if I want beforehand. extra bananas?
1: But if you want extra bananas, then like, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know. You, you I know, it. Exactly you're just you fake, you're just make <laughs> annoying. I am. Yeah.
0: Well, so I, I like, I get a lot of yeah. these questions, like being a public facing content creator, you get these questions DM to you that should probably go to you, for example, but they come to me anyway. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I'm going to do my best to answer this. And this is one that I have struggled with. So I'm thinking of all the small caveats that people have mm-hmm. like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Yeah. You know, like the one I posed on my discord was battle VIP pass versus Colrus versus Comfy like you have these three let's say there's no energy in hand mm-hmm. are you wanting to yeah. VIP pass first like you have Comfy no other basics no quick balls no energy yeah like what are we kind of digging for in that very specific and very p- bad probably so <laughs> what, example you've got,
2: you've
1: got no energy in your hand you have no basics
0: yep but okay. you have a well, what do you,
1: lo- you have a Colrus okay well what are you trying to get
0: that's a great question i don't know this is a hypothetical question i guess that is so let's say you want to hit the cram attack you have one switching card in your hand whatever that is net switch we're getting
1: very niche now um
0: (laughs) this this feels like this happens all the time
1: (laughs) you have a comfy in the active yeah um and you want to hit cram and you have call rest and vip in hand is that right yeah okay then you vip for cram and comfy because you're digging for switch outs so you know what you're digging for there yeah um You're digging for if you get one switch out or one switch out on an energy or like the switch outs, you have the cram attack. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's if you're just looking for that, right? But what I was talking about the sequencing is the correct thing for trying to lost zone the best cards, yeah, okay, to try and have the best lost zones. That is the correct sequencing, and it's to get as much information as possible. So it's draw cards first, larger lost zone selection, and then, um, (laughs) it would be easy to get coaching from (laughs) Henry. I mean, that's why I do it. Like, <laughs> that's why I do it.
0: Do you offer coaching on Medify?
1: Um, I do. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I yeah. This is the thing. I actually coach a lot, <laughs> uh, but I don't advertise very much because it rubs me a bit the wrong way. Um. So
0: this is your chance for, to advertise before we get to the next.
1: Yeah. Okay. This is my shilling chance. Okay. Um. I try not to be too uncomfortable about it, but yes, I am on Medify. But I actually do a lot through just a calendly link. Um, so it's in my Twitter bio. I just have a Calendly link. Um, and that goes like, I, I am on Metify if you have discount codes, but this way you avoid the Metify fees. Um, and you just book yourself in through a calendar service on, um, in my Twitter bio. If you have any questions, just DM me.
0: So um, if you like the way Henry's answering my very specific odd questions, be sure to hit him up for coaching.
1: <laughs> uh, but I want to, I want to touch on this more because, yeah. uh, it does change a lot, and it's important because you need to recognize what you want to get. And so, what I'm saying is with the correct loss zones. And so, that's your typically most common thing is you want to get the correct loss zones. But if you're not, if you're running out of energy and you don't think you can afford the concealed cards, well, obviously you'll do it later on because mm-hmm. you don't want to, um, you don't want to do that essentially. Or if you're, if you've got mirage gate in your hand and you've got not many energy in deck and you can't afford to hit them off colress, then like obviously you I mean obviously you would just play the gate first. Yeah. But let's say you don't want to do it yet and you have a gate but you want it later and you know you don't want to draw the energy then you are just comfy first to try and like you know sneak towards there. Um that and then sense. if you're digging for yeah, I mean obviously this is my what I'm trying to explain is that you need to pick which scenario it is. Mm-hmm. Um I actually written up a document thing about this that I should turn into an article but please do. Um <laughs> plenty yeah, of people we'll get will read it. We'll get there yeah so um, the general thing because so, it's something
0: that i always tell people is and correct me if i'm wrong but i think this is exactly where you're going with it you need to have a plan for the turn in mind and then make decisions towards that specific plan yeah okay
1: i mean yeah That that's like i i was talking about all this with that assumption that's the first thing i go over in like coaching is like play with a plan yeah. um don't play with the cards in hand and that's why actually contrary to that um, someone who's very new was asking for a QRM list mm-hmm. and I gave them a research list instead of an Irida list because uh, they're brand new, mm-hmm. they don't know what they want to get in the deck and so if they have to play an Irida, you're going to see steam coming out of their ears <laughs> um, and so you want them to play research, play 20 games be like, oh, now I know what I need and then switch them to Irida and be like, oh cool, now I can search because I've played a bunch before and know my deck
0: so I want to get some Tina specific questions that we're seeing because we're, right, we're already so running it. long. And like I said, I can just keep picking your brain on Tina stuff because it's been my favorite deck. But yeah. Also, you're pro Lumineon. I think
1: Ah, uh, yes, very pro Lumineon.
0: Good. That's just gotta be thrown out there. I think that card is nuts. And when I every time I see someone who's like Empoleon auto-wins the matchup, my first few questions do they play Radiant Greninja? Do they play Lumineon? Because <laughs> both of those cards are not shut off by the Empoleon
1: all
0: right get wrecked asks is giratina even good bruh
1: um yeah i think it's good (laughs) i think it's good i will say that you it's a weird you can get a weird bias because you're testing against other people testing a lot of new lost origin stuff how much how tina is going to go into something like which i guess we will talk about soon Mm -hmm. is arc like against let's say arc tina arc peaker tina how that's going to go against your opponent playing Marnie Path every single turn and then having a, an answer to your 280 HP attacker, I don't know. Because that's a matchup I have not tested yet. Um, but Marnie is quite annoying for the Lost Zone deck. And If you notice, all the decks that people play, even Palkia, doesn't really have Marnie. Um, so build, being able to build your hand to like 12 to 14 cards, uh, obviously that's going to be pretty good. But if they just play Marnie, it's a bit problematic.
0: And this is part of where Roxanne is so nuts in the deck. Mm -hmm. For a lot of reasons, but one of them is Mirror.
1: Mirror, and it's also where Oranguru is potentially quite good in the deck. Um, If Marnie becomes popular, Mm -hmm. like Arc Picatina, then playing Oranguru in these Lost Zone decks is important because you just draw so many cards that you need to be able to put something on the top for Marnie.
0: We have a question to go off of that these are all going off of each other everything you're saying is exactly what chat yep. wants answered stellar wish sure. gaming asks arc picatina or arceus tina And you explain why you picked the one you did and also hi benry the goat
1: <laughs> hello um i arc picatina to me is like reasonably boring um mm-hmm. it's like my linear. Well, like you
0: it's it, it boring but does that mean bad
1: no, so uh, that's okay. why I picked it, right? So yeah. okay. And why I've started where I'm starting is because the Lost Zone deck is also a new engine. It's super cool. And when, you, when new cards come out, you have to test them. Whether you want to play them or not, you have to. Because especially when people aren't saying, like, true to what's good or not, or people don't know, is that you need to know for yourself and your own opinion how good something is.
0: We've heard a and lot of opinions play. on the Lost Zone engine. A lot of them before yeah. the set even came out.
1: I'm, I'm going to be honest, and this is what I tell people a lot, is that it's one thing for me to tell you, but if you don't agree mm-hmm. through understanding, then it's completely useless to have anyone else's opinion. You have to have your own, and it can be informed by others, or you can, if you, okay. If <laughs> Ford if says, Lost Zone Giratina uh, sucks, mm-hmm. and just says that, and you go, which well, he hasn't, I don't think. But just, just pick Tord because everyone does. So, <laughs> and then, and then you go, okay. Well, I've been really liking it and testing, and I Tord has given me no reasons, um, but he's Tord, so he's right.
0: Um, that's usually what I say. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's useless. And you know, like, what I if I you notice when I come on, I try and like give very good reasons for why something is is good or isn't. Um, and it's because if you don't agree based on like information, mm-hmm. then it's completely meaningless and your opinion is always more important. And so sometimes, um, and it works like if someone explains their point very well and you completely understand their point, then, and you're both communicating clearly, then you should reach an agreement, right? At the end of the day, you should reach an agreement or add an understanding and your mm-hmm. opinions should be more similarly aligned. And if that doesn't happen, then money is wrong, but your opinion is, is more important, right? And so you don't just want to, I guess, listen to people blindly. And so when it comes to, there was a roundabout way of saying, test everything that you can to decide whether it's good or not. Um, and luckily now with all the content, it's easier because people can post lists mm-hmm. and you can give that exact list five, like a go five times in an hour. And that way you don't have to waste like tons of time practicing and refining a list yourself to see if you like a deck.
0: That's really good advice. That makes a ton of sense. Imadigen asks, Arceus Giratina or Lost Zone Giratina better?
1: Um, I don't have the information to answer that. Okay. uh, Because I've not tested enough of Arceus Giratina to know, and I've not tested enough Lost Zone Giratina outside of a vacuum, which I would treat this early testing as, where people are playing the new decks and seeing what's good, and they're not playing anything else. um Arcus Tina has polarized matchups, I would say. I
2: would um, agree based some it's what not I very played. good.
1: Yes, good. Uh, some of it's not very good, and some of it is quite good. Um, and, for example, Arceus Giratina um, against, like, Loss- like Losson Tina sounds pretty reasonable on paper, just because of Marnie Path. Um, and so, the Losson Giratina lists you'll see, like, towards gustavo's mine are very fragile to path mm-hmm. um and whether that actually makes a big impact or not well you, we have to wait and see um but as a deck lost zone giratina is so Arceus giratina is marnie path but now with an attacker that one shots <laughs> almost everything as opposed to just palkia and or just Arceus. so i think it's quite reasonable
0: I think that's the best way to put it as like a side because I've played a fair amount of Arceus Tina because I am a big proponent of Marnie Path. I think it is the stupidest <laughs> and easiest win condition in the world. And like you said, that's the deck that does it best. Absolutely. But that's really the strength of the deck. The Zone Engine and that they actually do very, very, very different things. Like
1: not even close. They, yeah, they both have
0: close. Tina, but you cannot tell the two apart. They play entirely different things. You can't play Arceus Tina, pick up the Lost Own engine and be fine. And technically vice versa. I'll say the Arceus Tina is way easier to pick up than the Lost Own engine. Because I've been, I've been struggling with the Lost Own engine and car- carried purely because Sableye is nuts. That's that's the best card yeah. in the deck. But anyway, that's that's my two cents on <laughs> how that thing goes on.
1: Um, so I want to talk about, I think we've probably got some more questions in chat. We but, do, but I want to quickly talk about Zoroark V-Star.
0: Oh, for um, sure. That was actually one of the questions. Is Zorak V Star the best V Star in the set? Like Tablemon tweeted out today. So I have to Gazer Beam for that question, by the way.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, I don't think so. I think Tina is still better, but it's enabled by everything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas um Zoroark, what it does is it does 280 damage. And it is incredibly good at that, and it will do it turn to every every single game without fail. Um, I've got a list on Twitter, which I put out. Yeah, people, I, I posted a bunch of lists to Twitter. The Tina ones have changed a little bit, but there are some go points to go off. But the Zoroark deck uh, that I posted is probably the most consistent thing I've ever played. Um, that doesn't mean consistent at winning. something. <laughs> that doesn't mean consistent at winning, but it means consistent at um at doing what it wants to do every single game. And that's do 280 damage. And so against Giratina, if they don't pull off a Thornton play, it is almost like is so difficult to win. Mm-hmm. They would have to go like one prize and then like some like ridiculous Roxanne KO your engine play or something like um and even then that's really fragile. Um So they have to do a Thought and Play, and that's part of the Snorlax, is that Tina's line against Zoroark almost has to be cram, Snorlax knockout, Thought and Tina, Thought and Tina. Oh, sorry, Thought and Tina, bench another one, and then two and two, if that makes sense. And so you have to do that, or else you're just going to get destroyed.
0: I think it's interesting, you say the most consistent thing you've ever played, it plays Mm -hmm. four energy cards. How is that the most consistent thing you've ever played?
1: Okay, because at max, if you, op- if you get a Bidoof down turn one mm-hmm. and a Zoroark V, you can draw, um, what's that? 25 cards in a turn. Hard to draw, maximum 25 cards.
0: Yeah, because we have seven from Research, seven from Zoroark, yep. five from B-Barrel, and six from Crobat. Correct. That's, okay. At- that's obviously a that's good a maximum, argument.
1: <laughs> but it's like, you're-, you're drawing 14 to 16 easily every time. Um if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um the couple of things that I put in the guru has been absolutely incredible because for that exact reason that you're trying to dump and draw everything. So 26 cards. Uh plus four tracking shoes. So like you go through things, you're thinning with like Quick Ball and Ultra Ball and Incense, like it goes. Yeah. Um but if you discard two double turbo, you've lost. <laughs> so that's just how it is, right? You're yeah, lost. no, so, I mean, it
0: checks out, right? You don't win in two attacks. Well, like, guess some matchups, no. you do, possibly.
1: Yeah, some you can, but most games, yeah, you just lose. So you have to um, guru the energy. Yeah. So, with that being said, Zoroark has very polar matchups. It can't beat the single prize stuff. Well, it can, but <laughs> it should. you're just kind of announcing an attack and retreating and announcing an attack and you know, you have to pivot a little bit, but the matchups are not great. The
0: yeah, you didn't even put a sparse sure. in here for the Arcanine matchup. like
1: The Arcanine matchup. Oh, unfortunately. I don't I, you're not beating Reggies anyway, doesn't matter. Um,
0: so this is very like, much like if there's ever a meta that's like all Palkia and Mew and Arceus Tina, there's your Zoroark?
1: Yeah. Because the deck has so many like clunky pieces, clunky pieces mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth teching it. To beat the bad matchups i think you play it as a medical that has very polar matchups in that although it's palkia matchup is not great which is the problem it's like 50 50 um but even then you can lose the thornton and you can mm-hmm. lose to some random things so i think it's slightly unfavored
0: that makes sense but you have to fill your it bench
1: so much pressure on them right like you can just be overwhelmingly annoying um uh, because you will ko their v turn two every single game because you're playing four boss. And if you're playing less than four boss, you're playing the deck wrong. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so is this the most turbo deck in the... Does this take Mew's spot as the most turbo deck in the format?
1: I think it does what Mew does a bit better, because it's a two-prizer and isn't weak to Drapion. Um, but the single-prize matchups aren't as good as Mew's. But then again, the single-prize matchups could even be worse than Mew if they play Drapion. So,
0: yeah, I was going to say, Reggie. if Mew doesn't play multiple Lost City, kind of bodies Mew already. And lost on box with a drapion in it, kind of bodies Mew already. So, yeah. I don't. Does Mew have good single prize matchups anymore? It used to, obviously, because you just psychically leap the sawbills and win the game. But now, yeah, is that
1: no? I don't. I don't think so. Now, no. I think that the crammer deck probably beats it. You'll have to hear. Um, it. I think, yeah, especially if they play Drapion. But I've seen a lot of them play Drapion, and the fact that they do means that the matchup can't be that good mm-hmm. if they if they put themselves into playing a Drapion.
0: I assume, because um, you can't, like, what are you hitting for 140 or 170, I guess, with a Choice Belt, or whatever, you know, you have your Articunos and stuff, like, that seems mm-hmm. like that would lose to Mew, if you're letting them psychic um, leap you, psychic leap your comb fees and...
1: Ah, sure. If you, if you let them psyche-leap your confies, yeah. Um, But you try and just force them to, into that. But you, if you play high-rope, then they can't really do that.
2: That's true. You um, can smack some
0: genocide. around. Like
1: and, I don't know. I think it's like not... Yeah, I guess it's not amazing. So you probably need Drapion. Depends on your list. Um. So, I mean, I think Zoroark's very solid at what it does, but some of its matchups are lacking. So,
0: so we're pro-Zoroark, kind of.
1: Yeah, Dep- I mean, Depends I think the power going. level is too high, but it's too linear. And if you notice the best decks at the moment, so Palkia is not linear. Palkia is not even close to linear. Nope. Um, so, and the best decks typically have always not been too linear. Yeah. Because
0: um, your opponent well well. can play around the, the list. The, anything, yeah. 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 You know what's going to happen, and then you can tech your deck to play around what's going to happen, potentially.
1: Yeah, and the, the more simplistic your deck is, the easier it is to counter, because you're doing one thing, as opposed to ten. So, yeah. Palkia does 10 things, which is why it's so hard to beat. Because
0: um, they can Aqua at yeah. you. They can go quick shooting plus Goon shenanigans, pull a Leon out of nowhere, Greninja you. They can use Palkia yeah, V's out. attack to hit you for 230. Like, yeah. Yeah. Th- there's a lot happening with that deck. It's very unfortunate.
2: Yeah.
1: So, well, it's, it's cool, right? You want those decks to be the best, you don't want it to be a, a single linear, you know, unbeatable, you know.
2: Beat stick deck, so.
0: So because cool. people always want it, zorark like a tier two deck.
2: Uh,
1: I hate doing I hate doing the tier things because it's so arbitrary.
0: Okay, good. Right? We'll, we'll like, leave it at that. Anyone who wants Henry's tiers, he hates them. That's it. I mean, I do
1: them <laughs> sometimes just to call things amoeba tier. I just think it's fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> and um, then they
0: proceed to get first and second. So let well, me know next time you do that.
1: My, <laughs> People misunderstood my, my tweet. Um no, tier lists are, are okay for one specific point in time, not for a like, you know, three month period or a whole format. That
0: like makes sense. Tier
1: lists are for different weekends and stuff, so
0: yeah. The meta's evolving. Oh yeah. Madame Tilt asks, How is Tina versus Mew should you tech a Drapion V?
1: Ooh. Um I haven't played a ton of the matchup, um, honestly. Most of my testing has been against myself, just against Palkia, and then at, at Locals. Um, I've played a bunch of... Uh, the Mew matchup a little bit, but I would say that it's like slightly unfavored for Tina. Uh, but that being said, you do throw some things at them that are pretty annoying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I wouldn't say it's that unfavored at all. With the Drapion, it's like an auto-win, obviously.
0: Yeah, because um, you have the V-Star attack plus the Drapion six prizes.
1: Yeah, easy. Um, what you can do, which is cool against Mew, is that you can force them to burn Power Tablets to Psychic Leap by using your single prizes, mm-hmm. and then Forden into Giratina. And so by doing that, you don't give up a two-prize Pokemon on the bench. Um, and if you if they just give up, like... If they ever put down a Aluetta or an Oricorio, you take a prize, you can take that, then you take a, like a Genesect, and then your... Um, the VMAX with um your V-Star. And it is quite difficult for them to Psychic Leap. Like, if you go um, V-Star into Impact,
2: like mm-hmm.
1: it's pretty difficult for them to do that. The matchup kind of depends on if you can take a single prize with Cramorant on, like, their little guys. Um, yeah, if, or they, if they if lead with
0: Meloetta. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. Or turn two Snorlax or something, that's really strong, because that will one-shot anything they have in the active if they've gone um, second. That's gross. So... <laughs> Yeah. Uh you can like snorlax them. Um or even just Cramarant is forces into power tablet, and if they double power tablet, uh which has to be with fusion energy as well, they have to double power tablet to KO the Cramorant. Mm-hmm. Um and what you can do is just leave the Greninja on in play and not the Comfies, if you can. Um so that they can't leap those. But if they burn any tablets you can just thaw into Tina and it's pretty good for you. So I think it's like probably 50-50 slightly unfavored. And then if you play probably 50-50, if you play Drapion, you to destroy them.
0: For my testing, which is purely on ladder and only counting the Mew players who appear to be competent. So not all the Mew games, of course. <laughs> if you don't get Mewed, you know, that whole turn one shenanigans, you have to Thornton and then the matchups winnable. I don't think a single one of my Mew wins would happen without being able to Thornton into the V-Star power. That is, or whatever you're going to do with it. But usually it's Thornton into the V-Star power is what I end up using, because it's like boss Genesect, cram a single Prizer, and then V-Star a thing. So that's that's the big thing there. Thornton has been ridiculously important for that matchup. And if you're saying the matchup's unwinnable, try a Thornton, and then it's fine. Because you can still just lose the game on turn two. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's, it's me, right? Uh, Thornton
1: is necessary for Tina to deal with um, aggression. So.
0: Speaking of Thornton, Chris asks, Ooh. what is the Tina line? Is it 2-3 like we've been seeing lately online? So 2-Vs, 3-V mm-hmm. stars.
1: That's what I've been playing. So I played this week. Um, it always feels a little bit uncomfortable, um, especially with no heavy ball. But given that you're just trying to go for that Thornton line, Um, it's totally fine, especially because you can bench Tina under Roxanne. Um, it makes the, it makes every game a lot harder, because you can never really just go turbo Tina. I mean, you can with, like, VIP. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I think it's totally fine. Um, yeah, I think it's totally fine. You have enough other attackers, especially with the Snorlax. If I wasn't playing Snorlax, I probably wouldn't play 2-3, but with the Snorlax, you can play it pretty comfortably.
0: That makes sense. Uh, so that is about it for the Tina stuff. Do you have any other Tina stuff before we jump into some of the other decks? Which uh, Kiram is the next in line.
1: I think we're pretty good. I wouldn't mind trying, like, maybe like, some lost vacuum, like double lost vacuum in a couple stadiums or tools to try and see if you can accelerate the loss zone a bit quicker. But at the same time, it kills your hand size. So probably not going to work.
0: That makes sense. Lost Vacuum's been, I will also say one thing about Lost Vacuum is I have used it more than zero times as my seventh or tenth card in the Lost Zone. And for that reason, I love it so much in the list. Yeah, cool. Upstream Ponage asks, which card from Lost Origin do you think is the most undervalued or underrated? So what is the most Ooh. underhyped card? Which might be Zorg from what you said, but it might also be something else
1: most underhyped as in like uh as in like it's better than it was said to be
0: better than it's said to be would be the way i would interpret it if you say that the card that's good that no one's talking about i guess that would be another way to interpret it if you want um this is a hmm. thinking question i'm trying to think i don't even know know what my answer would be um i want to say sableye but i'm pretty sure everyone knows it's broken but i don't know if everyone knows how broken that card feels (laughs)
1: I think Fantina's better than people think.
0: Really? The card's not bulk.
1: I don't think it's bulk at all. I think it's just very, very meta dependent. Like, it's weird. Because it, it it swings a lot of matchups. Like it swings Kurem and it swings uh Zoroark. Like it, it's it's very good into some select things. Mm-hmm. Very good into um Zoroark. It's very good into um yeah, Kurem. But other than that, it's not like incredible. It's good into Mew. It's very good into Mew. Um, like it, it's good into that because uh, it's it's one twenty. So like, it gives your team of four hundred HP. Um, <laughs> uh, like I don't know if you guys like are very familiar with maths, but that's a lot. <laughs> it's a big number. Sixteen's
0: bigger, um, things- bigger than four. Four hundred's bigger than two eighty.
1: Counting with Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it's good. Um. It's I I shouldn't be enlisted at the moment. It doesn't have a place, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean the card's bad by any means. Uh, yeah, it's it just has its uses. Uh, it's not very good in the mirror, though, because they will just, like, you have to play it twice.
0: Yeah, because um, whatever time like, you play it, they just V-star, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can slam it if they don't expect it after the V-star, but it's like, well, you're kind of just praying at that point, so <laughs> not really. But uh, it's good against Zoroark, and it's good against... Um, Kyurem and Palkia they can play around it but it's a good blind slam so
0: speaking of Kyurem and Palkia Mm. is Kyurem Palkia better than straight Palkia or is this the new flavor of the month like Ice Rider Palkia was very briefly talked about as being better than straight Palkia
1: um I think it's just a flavor of the month thing but it's an entirely different deck um like it's not comparable really uh, it's very <laughs> cool. I kind of like it. Um, it's not a deck that I would ever play for a tournament. It's, it's not oh, a... Really? It's not a made, oh It's just the way it plays and, like, I just have, like... Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm playing Pokemon. to have fun no matter how competitively I take it. So if I don't like a deck, I'm going to be stubborn and probably not play it.
0: Controversial take uh, there, but we'll accept it.
1: <laughs> so, uh, it hits like a truck. It's got some good matchups, but it's Zoroark matchup is abysmal. <laughs> that thing is unplayable that matchup is shocking
0: you're gonna if they announce a regional in three weeks i am expecting you to play zoroark completely now <laughs> like that's that's all i'm learning from this you no way how, no way all of your testing group will play tina and you will play zoroark
1: no i'll play tina zoroark's too linear i don't want play zoroark <laughs> i'll be born by round three um yeah that's fair but, like, it's fun when you're like, yeah, I'm hitting for 300 damage. And then at the end of the thing, you're like, I'm hitting for 300 damage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so- yeah, so I, I think Kyurem's good. Um, I think power key, regular power is probably a little bit better because it is quite a handful for the single prize decks to handle. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you can outplay Tina. Although Kyurem can just run it over as well. Kyurem can just run Tina over. Because you have a 330 HP HP Pokemon that they can kill once. Um or not at all if you're playing Wash, so
0: Don't yeah. even don't even wash, man. It's too much teching.
1: Better than Empoleon.
0: I I've hit Kiram's on ladder playing both of them. Surprisingly like it doesn't Emporic. work. Yeah, I've seen that too. So you rope into the second Empoleon.
2: <laughs> oh, tell <laughs> it's... me about it.
0: It's a strategy. Fun fact, for anyone who's wondering how do you possibly beat Empoleon as Giratina, it depends on the list, of course, but something like Palkia, they don't play Switch. You can use Giratina's first attack to get stuff down, and they're going to hit you with the Empoleon. That's a, a very valid strategy if your opponent has Empoleon. It does 140 damage. Just shove your Tina in the active, put some more stuff in the lost zone, and then work from there.
1: Bingo. Doesn't work against Kiram, though, because they will obliterate your Giratina.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Kiram's a deck of cards. <laughs> it's. I was testing Urshavu really hard until the ladder became all Kiram, and I kept getting KO'd on turn two, and I was like, okay, <laughs> Urshavu's not playable anymore. So sad.
1: No, Kiram is very interesting, and it's, it's quite good, and it actually has a very solid mashup against regular Palkia. Um, I think it's 50-50, which is pretty good to be regular right like
0: yeah it's anything have that to takes be, a 50 50 to, to get
1: so fancy they have to get so fancy to beat you um unless you let them go 2 to 2 and if you've done that well
0: and that's your fault <laughs>
1: whoops. yeah yeah whoops.
2: yeah
0: speaking of things though that uh kirim's gonna one shot mm-hmm. the most controversial v star both at the start of the format and now that we're into it the gudra what do you think about Gudra V Star, and why is it the next BDIF? Um, or is it as unplayable as it's been in my testing? Um, <laughs> maybe unplayable is aggressive, actually, but
2: <laughs> it's not
1: very good.
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: Yeah, like I don't know. I I don't know how to put it. Like I don't think you beat very much. Um,
0: two hundred is a really I, I bad think- number. Yeah.
1: Two hundred—it's a bad number, and it doesn't do a whole lot. You have to spam Fantina. I don't know the deck's okay for sure, but it's like not as good as other things because you can just lose to aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, you can lose to like slow starts. Um, you can lose to rope. Like
0: rope, <laughs> rope boss you know, is very good against the deck. That is correct.
1: Rope boss, cross switcher boss, cross switcher rope,
2: double
0: cross switcher. You
1: know, like, yeah, whole lot of things. Yeah, double cross switcher. There's a lot of things that it struggles with. Um, so I don't think it's it's that great but it's the type of deck that will always be medical so see how that goes it's good against the single prize lost zone stuff All single prize decks in general
0: that is unfortunately true I hate things yeah. that gatekeep my janky single prizers <laughs> fun fact we have have not-
1: parasol, though, but- yeah.
0: haven't talked about my favorite deck Ooh. in the format do you want to take a quick guess at what it is
1: um, Cramer?
0: No, although that one is very fun. Arcanine. Oh, I love Arcanine. It is, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna talk about it a ton because it is not that good. Okay. But it's so fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, the smart players know how to play around it. Palkia players mm-hmm. have learned how to play around the slowbro turn, and you never <laughs> win that matchup when they do that. But Arcanine, very fun. Surprisingly yeah. good but not good enough. It's very sad. I don't know if you've tested it. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I played zero games with her against Arcanine, but I remember Grand Ball, so...
0: It's a very similar vibe. Because Altaria like for p is literally just smooth over Instruct. Like, all over yeah. again. It's, it's the same thing. P&E gets you whatever you want, smooth over got you whatever you want. But that's why I love it. Yeah. It's, it's so fun. Anyone listening, you listen to Benry talk about the sequencing of the Lost Zone deck... There's a ton of sequencing in that. The other deck that will teach you sequencing and not punish you quite as hard to start with is Arcanine. So if you're struggling with the Lost Zone stuff, keep at it, but also maybe pick up some Arcanine. Helps helps a little bit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Jaja asks, as we wrap up Sword and Shield Block, what was your favorite deck to play, independent of viability or position in the format? So since Sword and Shield Base released... ADPZ and Macargo Mill and all that stuff into the pandemic and etc. What has been your favorite deck to play from this block?
1: Um, okay. Um, does it have to be like? I mean, it would probably be.
0: I guess you're gonna say this. The one of the random
1: Mewtwo decks. Yeah. Random Mewtwo decks that were enabled by Aurora.
0: Something that's a little more uh, sword and shield block. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, All right. Um. Okay. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed Palkia a lot at the beginning, and then it just... <laughs> I got bored of it. Fair. It just played so much of it. Um. Yeah, that was probably Palkia, what else? Maybe now Giratina is close, honestly. It hasn't been very long, but it's already quite close.
0: Is it specifically Giratina, or the Lost engine in general is so much fun?
1: Lost engine in general. Okay. But I like the combination with two as well dragapult someone said dragapult i mean i i didn't enjoy that that much i I, didn't enjoy that that much
0: i do remember watching you stream dragapult back when you streamed more than zero times significantly more than zero times
1: (laughs) i streamed last week
0: yeah but i was asleep because our time zones didn't count (laughs) (laughs) it didn't count i also want to i want to leak real quick for all the people who listen to benry say that you told me two decks that you had considered for Worlds and rejected at the very end, Arceus Thievil, broken, and yeah. Dragapult Max. Oh, yeah. Those words came out of your mouth as a potential Worlds play.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, it was looking okay, um, but you couldn't, it uh, just got a bit messy at the end of the day.
0: Just to say you so, couldn't win, that's...
1: <laughs> like, no, you could beat be Palkia, but, like, you couldn't beat Archintel and similar stacks um without, like, jamming a full Mewtwo V-Star package in without Articuno. And then, if you do that, then you would couple cards shy consistencies so It was like, 65 cards. If I had 65 cards, I would have played Dragapult of Worlds. <laughs> but, that's... Hey, Marnie, kill your soul, Pretty good. Money path, kill your soulbolt. It's always pretty good.
0: Unfortunately, you're not wrong. I just hate Dragapult. <laughs> I hate its whole existence. And the last right. question, specifically yeah. for you, and specifically got to be last. Thoughts okay. on cr- from HP four thousand three. Thoughts on Crushing Hammer in the Lost Origin format.
1: I think it's not too bad in the current Astral Radiance format, but I don't think it's useful at all in Lost
0: Origin. Shout out to Omnipoke for tweeting out the list that he would have played at Bilbao, which is, (laughs) admittingly, about 59 cards of what was my number three pick for worlds, which was Crushing Hammer, Flying Pika, because it seemed broken into the Arc Intel matchup and the Mew matchup and
1: the Palkia one. The hammers are good into Palkia
0: it's actually that was something no one ever believed me so i'm glad you get it because it was like yo if you hammer an energy and force them to star portal before they have to or even better hammer and path you can just win the game at that point because now they have to go tutor out a melanie or a stadium that they don't want to do it was so good incredible Unfortunately, I didn't play it and did bad, but life happens, right? Oh, Broken hammers. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, if the people want more of you, they want to hear from you. We already talked about your coaching, but I want you to do it again. Where can people find more from you?
1: All right. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Rebrand. Um, I do coaching. Um, I do quite a lot of it. Uh, I've got a lot of experience with it, and I, honestly, I feel like I'm getting better and better at it all the time. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in at, uh you can find me on Medify if you've got some discount codes, but in my Twitter bio, there is a Calendly link um, to make uh, bookings through that. If you want any questions about it, feel free to message me on Twitter. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. Uh, and also I stream once every week or fortnight uh, nowadays that I have the time. So... Um, free to follow me on twitter <laughs> like no you don't uh follow me on twitch at um, benry underscore tcg uh yeah
0: if you possibly listen to this whole conversation and don't think benry would be a good coach i don't think you have a good skill at evaluating a good coach because the way he described things <laughs> the way he was able to take some of my ridiculous questions they were ridiculous on purpose and the way you're able to take them and explain them and also explain why maybe it wasn't what to worry about I I think that is complete proof that if you need a coach, Benry is one of the best options that you can get out there. Thanks, Valor. Myself? Of course. Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Leave a rating, review, etc. If you like Benry on the pod, let me know. I'm happy to bring him back whenever I can because I like talking to people better than me so I can get better at the game. And that means you all will get better at the game, too. This has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.